So uh, let's dive in this morning. Reset, reset. I want to just share my heart with you. I really want to have a conversation for the next few minutes. Typically, I'll bring a few points, maybe some take-home things that you can you just keep that note sheet with you. But today, I, I've actually just brought those points as questions. It's more of just a spiritual checkup today. Don't worry, it's not the doctor's office, all right? But just, just a checkup. How, how are we doing? How are we doing as a church? How are we doing as individuals in, in our faith? And I just want God to change us and challenge us. And here, here's what I realize is that the, the same uh, type of entropy that happens in our physical life, it happens in our spiritual life as well. Entropy is this, it's a gradual decline into disorder. A gradual decline into disorder. Another way of saying it is this, is that nothing gets better with neglect. Nothing in our life gets better with neglect. Your, your car doesn't fix itself. Your, your grass doesn't manicure itself. Your, your, your house doesn't get cleaner by itself. Nothing in our life, we, we spent time getting ourselves ready because we probably didn't look the way we wanted to when we rolled out of bed this morning, all right? And, and nothing improves. That's not a good opportunity to elbow, by the way. Just no, nothing improves with neglect. But it's true for our spiritual life as well. Is that so many of us, the way we deal with the issues of our life and the struggles and the spiritual attack is just to feel like, you know what, let me just give us time and it's going to be okay. And really, the enemy's doing everything he can to destroy our lives. And I just want to look at what we do to take action and lean into all that God has called us to be. Ephesians 5, if you've got your notes or following along on the screen, let's, let's dive into this, this together. It says, Paul writes in verse 15, he says, be, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. The truth that he spoke to those early followers and early disciples, the church in Rome, he, he, I, the, the truth is, is for us today as well. To make the most of every opportunity. And, and the question I have is, how are we doing with that? Like are we living life knowing that time is short, knowing that days are short, we're making the most of, of the days that God has given us. Here's the truth this morning, church, is we all gravitate. We have this natural gravitation towards selfishness in our life. Most of us, without even thinking about it, we're asking the question, what is in it for me? What is in it for me? What can I get out of it? A few years ago, Jen and I took the boys. Actually, I think Bria was with us on, on this particular night. We like going to this place on Tuesdays, Taco Tuesday. It's, it's called Vallarta's, right, in uh, Tampa Palms. Come on, some of you have been to Vallarta's. We like Tuesday because, you know, we can just kind of go nuts on tacos. They're a buck, and, you know, you just feel good about yourself. And uh, we did that this evening. On this particular occasion, they had the, the mariachi band that was playing that evening. I love a good mariachi band. Unfortunately, I only know two songs that the mariachi band plays. Happy Birthday and one Tata Meda. That's it, right, you know? And so every time they come and ask if it's not our birthday, we just go with one Tata Meda. And uh, it's great. I don't even, that's tomato, I think, right? Uh, I'm sorry. So we had a great time, man. We were, I, I pulled my wallet out as they're playing. We were having so much fun. I, I, I left them a tip. We ate our dinner. We were about halfway home when I, I, I just let out this gasp. 
And I totally freaked Jen out. She was sitting right next to me. And I realized as we were driving home that when we were in the restaurant, I had pulled my wallet out to leave the tip for, for the guy singing. But in my mind, it was like I had paid for the meal. And I was halfway to the house only to realize that the pastor had dined and dashed everybody. <laughs> yes, yes, I dined. Yes. Some of you are going to want to come back. I, I'm just getting, confession is good for the soul. So we decided everything would be okay. We just kept on going home. It was no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I immediately turned around. I'll never forget walking back to the store. The first guy, he's standing right there, was our waiter just looking at me, man. You know, like he's ready to call the police. And I, and I just, oh, man, I felt so bad. And I, I mean, I just apologized profusely. Like, man, I did not mean to do it. It's my wife's fault. You know, obviously, Jen distracted me. You know, I thought about this. I think sometimes this is the way we deal with our spiritual life. It's the same thing. We want all the good things of God without the cost. We are, man, we have this natural leaning towards consumer Christianity. God, I want everything good that you have for me. Just please don't make me get outside my comfort zone. I, I don't want to serve. I don't want to inconvenience myself. I don't want to do anything that's going to cost me time, energy, or my resources. But God, I want you to bless me and bless me with everything you've got for me and my family. And I think it's such a dangerous place for us to live when we crave the goodness of God, but we're not willing to walk out the calling of God, to lay our life down. And so I just want to hit reset. I just want to ask a few questions this morning just to see how we're doing. The first one is this. And I think this is fundamental to, to where we're going, but everything in our life. How are we doing spiritually? How are we doing spiritually? I heard this truth that there's three things that no matter how much money you have, there's three things in life that you can't pay someone to do for you. One, you can't pay anyone to eat for you. You got to do that all on your own. Number two, you can't pay anybody to exercise for you. But wouldn't it be amazing if you could? Just think about that. Let's just move into a different reality for a second. You can't pay anybody, it doesn't matter how many resources you have, you can't pay anybody to eat for you. You can't pay anybody to exercise for you. And number three, you can't pay anybody to care for your soul. Those are three things in life, the only three things in life I have primary responsibility over. And I'm not going to focus on eating because I'm going to just work myself into guilt and, you know, condemnation. We're just going to focus on the spiritual side this morning. Is that all right? Uh, let me ask you, how are you doing with your soul? H how are you doing with your spirit? How, if you were to just kind of gauge your spiritual temperature this morning, where are you at? Did you get out of bed knowing, man, I, I, I need to go to church? Did your wife drag you to church? Did your kids get you here? Or did you wake up this morning and go, God, I can't wait to meet with you today? I love you. I'm passionate about you. You're, you're everything to me. God, I know that without you, I can't make it another day. Is your, zeal, is your zeal for God white hot this morning? I'm just asking, how are we doing? How are we doing spiritually? Because here's the deal. Our relationship with Jesus is the relationship that affects every other area of our life. It affects everything. Matthew 5, 6, Jesus, when he's teaching Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes right here. He says this, blessed are those who what? Hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
Come on, everybody help me out. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? For they will be filled. I love what Romans chapter 12 says. Paul writes this. And sometimes what I love to do with a Bible verse, I did that with this this week, is I go to BibleGateway.com. By the way, can I hit time out real quick? I just discovered a resource this week. This is totally unrelated to this message. But if you are learning and discovering the Bible and you're looking for a resource to help you understand the Bible better, go to thebibleproject.com. The Bible Project. This has nothing to do with this message. This is just like extra credit, all right? The Bible, it, I felt like I had been under a rock for a long time. But there are these concise videos, five to ten minutes, that help you understand theological principles and even help you understand the way the Bible is written. It's really good stuff. But I was on BibleGateway.com. And on BibleGateway.com, you can put a verse in and then you can hit, I want to see this in every translation. And man, this popped out uh, just on the screen to me. The Passion Translation, chapter 12, verse 11, it says this, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion toward him boiling hot. What does Paul say? Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. I mean, I can't think of a greater challenge. I just ask, is, when you read that, it's like, is that a picture? Like, man, that's where I'm at right now. Or that's the furthest thing away from where I'm at right now. You, you know, this is one of the most exciting seasons for me as a sports fan. I love this season. It's the season where it's like everything comes into alignment and all sports are operating at the same time. We got baseball for at least one more day. We got football. The Bucks are doing relatively well. You got lightning. I mean, it's, it's, it's good stuff. It's just like everything is all coming back. It's all happening right now, and it's great. A couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to a Bucks game. It was the Bucks versus Giants game. For those of you that follow the Bucks, you remember this game well. We cheered and we cried and we cheered and we cried all in one experience. I, I remember the feeling there. I, I don't go to too many games. It's not, it's not convenient on Sundays, but... That late afternoon game, there we are, we're cheering. I'm telling you, the energy in that, that arena, that bowl, that stadium was unbelievable. I, I mean, you could just, the music, it was, it was as loud as it could possibly be, and nobody was complaining. Man, we were screaming our heads off as loud as, as, as we could. The game was competitive. It was back and forth. The Giants, the very end of the game, scored a touchdown but left enough time that we could drive our way down the field. Do you remember? Were you watching it with me? You know the heartache. We got right into field goal position. It was a chip shot. It was one. We, we might as well have just gone home because we knew they were going to make it. And the guy missed the field goal. I guess it was wide right. And at that moment, I realized... How many people from New York live in Florida, everybody? It was unbearable. Uh, it was just driving me crazy. Half the stadium was New York fans. And, I mean, there was so much passion in that room with the back and forth, the game. It was intense. We're cheering. We're going. And I thought, man, you know, I, I spend so much energy and so much excitement and passion towards sports. And oftentimes with my relationship with God, I just go through the motions, man. I think, what, what is it like? If we would cheer and get excited about what God is doing in our life. I challenge the first service because we celebrated baptism. We celebrated six people. I mean, what could be greater than somebody, greater than a football team or a baseball team, somebody that's saying no to their old life and new to their, their new life in Christ. They're saying uh, uh, goodbye to what is behind and yes to what is ahead in Jesus Christ. We celebrated six people getting baptized today, church. Man, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. 
And I think sometimes we forget, we forget what's really important. How, how are we doing spiritually? Can, can I just challenge you? There are 11 Sundays until Christmas. Just think about that for a second. 11 Sundays till Christmas. You know, you, know, you know what happens to most of us this time of year? When we get to October, we start looking and going, wow, there's only three months until I start that commitment in January again. Why start now? Because January is coming. I'll just start dieting in January. I'll, I'll just start going to the gym in January. I'll just start, man, I'm 60 days behind on my reading plan. I'm just going to start my Bible plan in January again. Can I challenge you? Start over on October 6th. Start over today. Make a decision, man. If you're dry and you're weary, man, come to God today and say, God, man, I'm not waiting another minute. I'm not waiting another moment. God, I'm going to spend time in your word today. I'm going to spend time in worship. Man, find that song. It's called No Longer Slaves. And instead of talk radio, why don't you just sing out your heart to God in the morning and talk about who you are and, and, and your identity as a child of God. How are we doing spiritually? Number two is this. Where am I making a difference? Where am I making a difference? I just want to remind us this morning, God created every one of us in the room to be a part of the body. Paul calls it this, we're the body of Christ. There's no big eyes and little U's. I think for some of us, we feel insignificant and feel like, man, I don't know where my part is. You know what's interesting is when you look at creation, you look at animals in particular, when when you look at a singular animal, you call it by its name, but, but for many animals, when they're in a group, they have a whole different identity. I'll give you a few examples. One, a lion. When it's in a group, what do you call it? Pride. Uh, another one, uh, elephants. When an elephants are in a group, what do you call them? A herd of elephants. Oh, this, this test is getting a little harder. Here we go, you're staying with me. Number three, crows. What do you call them when they're in a group? A murder, a murder of crows. Yeah, how, how joyful. <laughs> Number four, this is a test. Donkeys, when they're in a group, what do you call them? I know what you're thinking, and we're going to repent at the end of this service, all right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not that. They're called a pace, a pace of donkeys. Believers, by ourselves, we're called, <laughs> we're called disciples, we're called Christ followers. But together, you know what Paul says we're called? The body of Christ. The body of Christ. He actually says this in 1 Corinthians 12. Look, he says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. Here's the challenge this morning, is that some of us in the room, we feel disqualified. We feel unworthy. We feel unusable. We feel insignificant. Some of us in the room feel like this, you know what, if I don't show up, I don't really even matter. And can I tell you, can I, can I just remind you how much Jen and I desperately need you to be a part of the body? how much our team needs you to be a part of the body. You may feel insignificant, you may feel weak, you may feel like you don't matter a whole lot, but I tell you, the body functions its best when every part is doing its thing. Let me give you a few examples of peculiar and 
body parts that we don't think about that often that are have an important role. Again, extra credit, all right? The uvula. When's the last time you thought about your uvula? In a lifetime, it produces over a swimming pool worth of saliva. Come on. Think about this. Your pinky. What, what, what a powerful finger. You know, most of the time you think about your thumb, man, it's really strong. Your forefinger, you know, you use that as your, your pointer. Your middle finger, you, some of you use that on 75 when you're driving in traffic. <laughs> your ring finger. Your pinky finger provides 50% of the strength of your entire hand. I'm going to get more obscure. Here we go. <laughs> Armpit hair. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning, man? This is, this is so good. A 2007 study suggests that armpit hair, which grows atop sweat glands, acts as a pheromone diffuser and helps spread your natural, irresistible scent to potential mates. <laughs> you, you single people are going to walk out of church this morning like, praise, praise the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. Listen. If you're shaving, keep shaving. You know, I, I, I'm not trying to change it. Here's what I'm trying to say. Here's what I'm saying. It probably doesn't feel that important parking cars. But you are setting the tone for the environment that's in this room every Sunday. You know what? That bag of groceries might just feel like another bag of groceries. But man, you are... You are giving somebody the love and the kindness of Jesus when you bless them at the food pantry. Can I tell you, wiping that dirty diaper may seem insignificant, but you know what? There's a husband and wife that's in a service like right now that's struggling with their marriage and they're looking forward to one hour where they can decompress and experience the love and grace of Jesus. And you know what? Their marriage might be saved because you wiped the kid's diaper. All right? Let's not forget the why. Let's not forget what we're doing. And what feels insignificant to us is changing lives for eternity. Let me tell you, when you get down and wash somebody's feet, let me tell you, you are acting out the very selflessness and kindness of a God who sent his son and died on a cross for all of our sins. Can somebody say amen in the room? Amen, amen. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, all of you together are Christ's body. And each one of you is a part of it. Here's the challenge for you. 11 weeks, 11 weeks. If you served every other week for the rest of the year, that give you five opportunities to lean in somewhere, some way. When you walk out of those doors this morning, there'll be sign-ups on the tables. Can I challenge you, if, you're not, if you haven't found your place, find your place. Make a difference. I mean, I urge you and I challenge you. And then I call out the gifts and the calling of God in your life to make a difference. Number three, am I walking in freedom? Am I walking in freedom? I'll tell you, this, this question was kind of a last-minute ad because I really feel like this is so important to all the others because I think that there's people in the room that, that honestly, you want to serve God and you have a heart to serve God. And right now, there's passion inside of you to do it. But you know this, the truth is, there is something in your life that's tripping you up. There's bondage, there's baggage, there's unforgiveness, there's some type of sin issue. And what happens 
It, it might happen every single week for you. As you start out on a spiritual high on Sunday, but by Wednesday afternoon, man, there is something that is trying to pull you down. The enemy is doing everything. And here's what he knows. If he can get us to live in bondage, we'll never experience the freedom that he has for us. Look what, look what Paul says, everybody, in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, some of you say we can do anything we want to, but I tell you that not everything is good for us. So I refuse to let anything look have power over me. You, you know what he's saying? Just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a good thing for me. You know, you know what? You might be able to go have a drink and it not be a problem for you, but, but for me it's an, it's an issue. You might be able to have one cupcake, but old Wes likes to have six cupcakes. And what's good for you might not be good for me. And so I need to understand that just because it's okay doesn't make it okay. I have the freedom to do whatever I want, but that doesn't mean I should be doing it. That's what Paul says. It's, it's like, you know, I thought about it because recently Jen and I were on a date night. And we dance a little bit. Jen loves to dance, everybody. And I love Jen, so I dance with her. And, and here's, here's what I understand, is that when I get on the dance floor, I have the freedom to do whatever I want on the dance floor. But that doesn't mean I should do it. <laughs> Just because I can doesn't make it okay. And Jen has reminded me this. Don't be making the pizza, doing the mower, you know, whatever you do, don't do it. You know what she says? Just keep it simple and let me do all the work and we'll look good doing it, you know, just right, right here. Any other guys understand what I'm saying in the room, you know? And some of us, some of us are walking into places and hanging out in areas and hanging out with people that maybe it's okay, but really it's not okay. Let me, let me tell you, being on the internet is okay at midnight, but it might not be okay for you. All right, you, you got to make a decision that I care more about my relationship with God and my family enough to protect myself from the places and the areas of my life that are causing me to stumble over and over and over. And, and I would rather gouge my eye out and get to heaven with one eye than, than go to hell with two. You know what? I'm going to make a decision. I want, I want to serve God with every part of my life. I want to experience freedom in my life. Somebody say amen. amen. Am I walking in freedom? Am I walking in freedom? And number four, am I living for what matters most? Am I living for what matters most? Paul from a, a jail cell. He writes to us. Three really challenging verses in Philippians 3 when he says this. He says, For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really, they're actually enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Look what he says. Their God is their appetite. You know, you know what he's saying? It's okay to have pleasures, but it's not okay for the pleasures to have me. It's okay for me to have stuff, but it's not okay for stuff to have me. I think it's the question this morning is, what, do, what are we living for? Are we living for what matters most? He goes on, he says, 
They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. But we, Bay Chapel, us, this morning, we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. My, my, my challenge is this. Let, let's hit reset right here in October and decide for the next three months, we're not going to wait till 2020 to make an impact for, for the kingdom of God. Let's start today. Let's, let's fix our eyes on eternity. Let's live for what matters most. Let's make sure our spiritual life is in line. Let's get free in Jesus' name. And let's live for what matters most. What am I saying today, church? I'm saying let's go. Let's go. I'm calling every single person out in the room that hears my voice right now, and I'm asking you, let's go. Let's go. Because heaven is too important to focus on earth. Heaven is too important. We are here, everybody. Let's go, because we are here on a mission to help people find God and find life with the love of Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus said this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come, why? That you may have life and have it to the full. Let's go. Let's share the life and the fullness of Jesus Christ with everybody in our city. Let's go, everybody. This year alone, we're helping 10,000 families get fed every single weekend at the Bay Chapel Food Pantry. Let, let, come on, that's good stuff. Let's go, because we're helping build and start new ark churches in our city and all around our country. Through Out of Zion, we're helping minister to special needs and medically uh, challenged families and kids who are hurting and struggling. And we're giving them the hope and the love of Jesus. Let's go. BC Kids Ministry is not an obligation. It is an opportunity because we are raising up world changers, everybody. Let's go. We, we are not called to be served. We are called to serve and make a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. And I believe when we do, we're going to see God's kingdom come and his will be done through our church. And if you believe it, somebody say amen. 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 Would you bow your heads as we pray today?